Chapter 3 Since Enid came back from winter break, she was in a constant foul mood. Wednesday chose not to engage in conversation with the wolf, despite being curious about the origin of her moodiness. Enid often disappeared for long stretches of time in the afternoons. One day in mid-January, the raven-haired girl couldn't resist and decided to follow her. She was led to the auditorium. By the time Wednesday sneaked in, Enid was already lost in playing on the drum kit, brows furrowed in concentration. She walked up to the stage and stopped right in front of the werewolf. Enid, unlike she expected, didn't stop playing. If anything she seemed to hit the drums harder, as she locked eyes with Wednesday in defiance. Enid's eyes looked mesmerizing. They were darker and slightly red-rimmed, than usual from the ominous storm that was clearly brewing in the girl. There was something to that darkness that called to Wednesday much to her consternation. Wednesday linked her hands behind her back and waited, all the while keeping up the eye contact. This went on for a while, with Enid playing the drums and Wednesday just standing in front of her. But the blonde must have gotten fed up with Wednesday trying to stare her into submission, because she abruptly stopped. All right, what is it? And how did you find me? The blonde snapped, looking none too pleased to engage in conversation with Wednesday. And that's how the raven-haired girl knew something was wrong. Because ever since their duet, Things drastically changed between them to the point that Enid always looked genuinely happy whenever the two of them exchanged words. Even more so when Wednesday was the one who initiated contact. So for Enid to be annoyed by the presence of the Adam's heir, something must have happened. And Wednesday was going to find out. One way or another. I just had to follow the rainbow brick road, she quipped. She could see Enid's lips twitched up into a minuscule smile before she went back to scowling. You still haven't answered why you are here, the blonde played with her sleeves refusing to hold eye contact. Since we came back you are acting very unlike yourself. I wish to know why. Enid snorted. You know Wednesday, I wish to know and have many things too, it doesn't mean I will get what I want the blonde spat bitterly. I don't believe that I am the source of your delicious wrath and misery. So who is it? And what if you are the source? What then, Adams? Enid challenged. Then I would like to inquire of the reasons for your sudden ire. I believe we parted on amicable terms before the holidays. And even before that we managed to settle into a tenuous peace. It bothered Wednesday to no end that she felt bothered by Enid's constant bad mood. The werewolf by some miracle managed to burrow under her skin and get inside her brain, like some overly cheerful parasite that you can't get rid of, because she altered your brain chemistry for the sake of self-preservation. So Wednesday had no choice but to get to the bottom of this so she could restore Sinclair to her original setting. And hopefully then, Wednesday could stop feeling these strange feelings. Why do you care? The blonde asked stubbornly. Who said that I do? 
the shorter girl fired back. It clearly was the wrong thing to say, because Enid's features darkened exponentially. Right? For a moment, I almost forgot that you are so above it all. Of course Wednesday Adams doesn't care about anything or anyone, especially not little or me. The blonde jumped up from her seat, with her lips pressed into a thin line and blue eyes blazing in anger and hurt. Enid was breathing heavily like she just ran a marathon, her eyes started to get a wet sheen to them. Oh no. Wednesday didn't want to see the blonde cry. Not only did the idea make her feel even more bothered, but also, she still had no idea how to console a crying person. She only knew how to make someone effortlessly cry and then not care afterwards. But for whatever reason her roommate was different. So Wednesday knew she had to do something. Would you like a hug? At least she still sounded her usual monotone self. Small mercies. What? Enid's mouth hung open as she looked at Wednesday uncomprehendingly. You heard me, Sinclair. Now it was Wednesday's turn to get fed up. She could only take so much of this uncomfortable situation. You don't like hugging. Enid at least seemed to calm down a little. If nothing else, her question was a good distraction. But you do. Enid sucked in a sharp breath at that. She looked at Wednesday searchingly, the raven-haired girl not having any idea what the blonde might be looking for. Wednesday didn't know if Enid found any answers or not. The only thing that was clear was that she came to a decision. Yes, I would like that. The blonde quietly made her way towards Wednesday, all the while having a rather puzzled expression. The blonde stopped right in front of her, clearly waiting for the shorter girl to make the first move. Of course Sinclair wasn't going to make this easy for her. With a resigned sigh Wednesday tentatively encircled her arms around the blonde's slim waist. The whole affair was awkward, because Wednesday struggled to go all the way in, keeping her arms, just hovering around the other girl in a sad parody of a hug. Enid sighed tiredly. This isn't going to work. The sheer amount of sadness and disappointment in the taller girl's voice was enough to spur Wednesday on to make the final step. There was no way she was going to embarrass herself and fail in such a simple task. Especially one that she offered. She was an Adams, and if her parents can freely give out successful hugs to their family and each other, Wednesday can do it too. Her arms tightened around the werewolf, drawing her closer. Enid wound her own arms around Wednesday's shoulders, tucking her face into the crook of her neck. Wednesday felt like the time Pugsley dropped a cauldron of boiling water on her head. Enid was so warm. Almost uncomfortably so. After a little while Wednesday noticed that her neck area where Enid's face was, was getting wet. Oh come on. She really thought she averted the crying crisis. Clearly she was wrong. As time went on, Wednesday felt more and more out of her element as she had to listen to Enid's quiet little sobs. 
She tried not to squirm. She also noted that this particular sweatshirt will need a thorough washing, now being infested by her roommate's germs. Sinclair Enid's hold on her seemed to tighten at hearing her name. Sinclair Enid sighed heavily as she finally released her hold on the shorter girl and stepped back. She was sniffing and wiping at her eyes as she looked at Wednesday's sweater guiltily. I'm sorry that I ruined your shirt. Don't worry, I have another one that's identical to this one, she replied completely deadpan. Enid chuckled. Right, of course, she murmured ruefully. Will you finally tell me the reason why you acted so unlike yourself recently? The blonde sighed resignedly. Fine. Let's sit. They went to sit at the end of the stage, their legs dangling over the edge. It's my parents, the blonde quietly admitted. What happened? Just the usual, really, the werewolf shrugged her shoulders. Meaning? Wednesday knew she had to be patient, even if the glacial pace of this conversation was testing her resolve. Meaning, my parents and I have been at odds since I was like twelve. Enid looked morosely at her shoes. I see. Wednesday quickly realized where this was going. She remembered from class what they learned about werewolves. About the expected timing of their first turn. They don't approve of the fact that you've yet to turn, she asked in her most neutral tone. Enid scoffed. That is an overly nice way to say that they are completely ashamed and angry that their only child failed to do the most basic thing for a werewolf, she spat angrily. Wednesday felt relieved. She definitely preferred her roommate to be angry instead of sad. Hopefully there won't be any more tears. You know what's funny, Wednesday? Enid didn't wait for an answer to the clearly rhetorical question. Every goddamn year, it's pretty much the same shit. But for some reason, I stupidly expect that things will be different by next year. Enid let out a little self-deprecating laugh, as she wiped off a few fallen tears from her cheeks. They are your parents. It is simply a natural response and desire from a child to want and expect love and support from the people who created them and raised them. Wednesday concluded matter-of-factly. Enid huffed. Right? Too bad my parents' natural response isn't to be understanding and supporting. Wednesday couldn't remember a time when she saw her roommate to be this embittered. Much to her surprise, she found the burning need to go and visit Sinclair's parents. She was sure they would scream so delightfully. And she would make them regret making Enid feel all gloomy and in turn, making Wednesday feel so strange and bothered by it all. They're the leaders of our pack, you know. So for them to have a daughter who can't turn, can't even howl, is like one of their worst nightmares coming true. Wednesday was mulling how she should reply to this. But before she could say anything, the blonde continued. To my parents, and most of our extended family and the pack, 
I'm the runt of the litter. And every year, with each new birthday, and each new inquiry about my status as a proper werewolf, and my answer never changing. I fear if I fail to turn in by the time I graduate, that I will be kicked out of the pack, and get disowned by my family. Enid never looked so dejected as she did now. Wednesday's stomach churned uncomfortably at the sight. But the cold rage she started feeling when the werewolf named her parents as the primary source of her woes just grew exponentially. And you know what the worst thing is? Wednesday shook her head. I couldn't even really blame them for toying with the idea of discarding me. I'm. I'm damaged, the abnormal werewolf. I'm the odd one out, the black sheep that you need to hide away at family gatherings or pretend they don't even exist. Enid started to tear up yet again. Wednesday found herself mad at not only the werewolf's parents, but Enid herself too. I didn't take you to be such a self-deprecating fool, Sinclair. Her eyes were blazing as she glared at the blonde. What? Enid looked wide-eyed at Wednesday's sudden mood change. You're not the one here who's a failure. That title belongs to your parents and your pack. Enid was about to open her mouth in clear rebuttal, but Wednesday shut her up with one withering look that said, I'm not done yet. They had one job and they clearly failed that, she hissed. Family is meant to stick together, help each other and support each other. And while I'm not a werewolf, I believe a pack shouldn't be any different either. Enid found herself speechless at what she was hearing. Wednesday was pretty much giving voice to Enid's deepest desires and thoughts regarding her family and pack. Your difference doesn't have to be a bad thing. My family has thrived on the idea of being different from everyone else. We cherish individuality, the uniqueness of it all. It was unexpected for Wednesday to feel so passionately about this. But she couldn't help it. Maybe you'll never turn, or you will one day. It doesn't matter. As long as you are able to find the beauty in yourself and embrace it all. Don't be a slave to other people's expectations, that is a miserable existence. Enid felt like a clawed hand was viciously squeezing her heart as she listened to Wednesday's passionate rant. She sounded so sincere. I don't know how to do that. To unlearn years of conditioning about how I am supposed to be. Enid admitted sadly. Give it time. They lapsed into silence. Enid felt lighter, calmer. She was grateful that Wednesday showed up and pressed her to open up. Yoko knew that her home life wasn't the most ideal. But in the past Enid always went out of her way to downplay just how bad it really was. The blonde's justifications for it ranged from shame and the need for privacy, to simply not wanting to dump her emotional baggage on her best friend. It's not like Yoko could have done anything. What was it about Wednesday and her ability to pry open Enid and extract all her secrets? Well, not all of them. Wednesday still didn't know about the blonde's crush.
Enough of this. Wednesday suddenly stood up. Enid scrambled to follow. Your quota for emotional conversations got filled for the day. Enid weekly jokes. Try the whole month, a faint smirk played at the shorter girl's lips. Enid checked her watch. Wow, it's almost curfew. Dot, we probably should go. Not yet. Wednesday secretly wished to do another duet with the blonde for a while now. This was her chance to spin things in a way where the werewolf wouldn't realize this. And who knew? Maybe it would take the wolf's mind off of things too. What is it? Enid had no idea why Wednesday was stalling. Wednesday walked backstage to the cabinet that contained sheet music and pulled out a few empty ones. She found a pen and started to fill up the sheets. What are you doing? The blonde looked at the sheet music in bewilderment. We are going to have a duet. What, like right now? Yes, consider this as payment for me that I had to survive your taxing emotional turmoil. Wednesday's voice again was monotone. Gee, okay. Enid was mostly sure that Wednesday wasn't really serious about her reasoning regarding their impromptu duet right now. So, what are we going to cover? Or is this an original song? We are going to do a little bit of a mashup of different boogie-woogie songs, and you'll be at the drums. Did Enid hear that right? Wednesday Adams wanted them to do a cover of boogie-woogie songs. Tonight seemed surreal enough already, with Wednesday showing, in her own way, concern for her. They even hugged. Clearly Wednesday was full of surprises too. Or this person was an imposter. Or maybe her crush went crazy. So many possibilities. Wednesday handed her the stack of sheet music to study. When you're ready. Wednesday sat down at the piano and waited expectantly. Enid read through the papers a few times before she felt confident enough to not mess it up. She really didn't want to deal with a disappointed slightly homicidal roommate at the moment. Sitting down behind the drum kit, Enid gave the go-ahead, and Wednesday started playing with Enid joining in not long after. It was quite a lively melody. It took no time for Enid to get lost in the music. By the end of the song, Enid was grinning ear to ear. It made it even better for her that Wednesday was clearly in good spirits too. This was fun, we should do it again sometime. Enid happily stated as she got up from her seat. She saw from the corner of her eye that Wednesday looked supremely pleased by that. One could say even triumphant. Enid had to wonder if this was Wednesday's plan all along. To not only put Enid in better spirits, but also have Enid be the one to ask for more duets between them. Her favorite weirdo was a crafty one, if the blonde was right about this. Wednesday was about to get up too, when Enid had a sudden thought. Wednesday? Yes, Sinclair. Do you still remember the song you covered for me for Christmas? Wednesday huffed. 
Of course I do. I haven't spent hours listening to all that screeching and sacrificing some of my hearing ability to just forget about it. Could you please play it for me again? The blonde even used her puppy dog eyes, just in case. Why? I want to record it. Back then I didn't think to do that, after we were already out of school, so I just want to have it. Very well. The girl sat back and turned to Enid. Ready? Enid nodded as she started the recording. By the time they got out of the auditorium, it was already past curfew. Where are we going? Our room is not that way. Enid hissed when Wednesday started going in the opposite direction. In my in-depth investigations of this school, I've come across three secret tunnels trust me, this way will be faster and no one will see us. Wednesday led them to the library. So there is a secret passageway here, the blonde whispered. But even that seemed too loud in the stillness of the place. Wednesday shot her a warning look. They quickly made their way to the back, where Wednesday stood on her tiptoes to pull the ancient-looking candelabra that was fixed to the wall, towards herself. A quiet click was all they heard as the candelabra automatically fell back into place and the bookshelf opened up to the promised secret tunnel. You know, you could have just asked me to do it. Enid teased, tilting head towards candelabra. Wednesday glared at her and without a word disappeared into the darkness. Enid quickly followed, pulling back the bookshelf behind her. It closed with a soft quick. Enid had never felt luckier that thanks to her werewolf heritage her night vision was pretty good. Much to her surprise Wednesday already made quite the progress and Enid had to jog to catch up with her. How was the shorter girl able to see in this darkness? She was only human. But Enid decided her questions could wait for another day. She didn't want to piss off Wednesday and have the girl be tempted to leave her down here. As Wednesday promised it didn't take long for them to make their way back to their room. After they both got ready and were in their respective beds under the cover of darkness, Enid couldn't resist to have the last word. Wednesday. What? Next time you want to have a duet with me and take me to secret tunnels all you need to do is ask. Go to sleep Sinclair, your brain clearly got addled from all that crying. Wednesday grumbled, but her voice lacked the usual bite to it. The blonde grinned as she turned towards Wednesday's side of the room and quickly fell asleep. In the coming weeks Enid was in a much better mood and looked like she was able to put behind her the problems she had with her parents. The blonde felt like she and Wednesday made great progress in their relationship. Their little heart-to-heart -heart in the auditorium seemed to have shifted things between them yet again. And while Enid was on cloud nine, and feeling more and more positively about the possibility that her crush wasn't hopelessly one-sided. Wednesday, on the other hand, was in a steady decline. Outwardly, she acted the same as usual. But on the inside, she felt her soul turned into a whirlpool of chaos.
For over two months now she felt weird around Enid. She wished she could blame it all on their first duet, but that would be a lie. For the most part it was manageable. But then certain things happened. Be it Enid going with Mina to the winter dance, and that thought still managed to put Wednesday in a foul mood. Or having an honest and raw conversation about Enid's past relationship and the fears she was left with after. And then there was the accursed secret Santa plot, and Enid gifted her with something divine. She admittedly never would have thought that the blonde had such great skills in choosing an appropriate gift for Wednesday. She didn't think the wolf truly cared enough, let alone knew her enough to give her such a perfect present. But she did. That was the first time Wednesday felt she might be in trouble. The second time was their private and rather emotionally taxing conversation and hug in the auditorium. And of course their second duet. Wednesday felt like something inside of her was unraveling. She felt sick. There was a building need in her to seek out the werewolf all the time. Her voice came to Wednesday's sensitive ears like a melody, and her smile was akin to the dreary moonlight in its divine beauty. Wednesday, much to her horror, even came to the realization that, for the most part anyway, Enid's gossipy ramblings, or never-ending trivias about her favorite things in the world, stopped annoying the Adam's heir. Now she looked at those things with more of an indulgent fondness than with loathing and scorn. She slowly but surely developed a constant craving for her roommate. It was preposterous. Devastating. Terror-inducing. Wednesday had dark thoughts. For the first time in her life, she felt fearful. She wondered how she could get rid of all these feelings. Was there any cure to her ailment? Wednesday tried her best to appear normal. She focused on her studies and on Glee Club. She tried not to spend too much time with her troublesome roommate, while also trying not to tip the wolf off that something was gravely wrong with Wednesday. Wednesday made the mistake in the past that she underestimated the blonde. Never again. It all seemed to come to a head for Wednesday not long after their regionals win. She was in dire need of advice. But who could she turn to? Wednesday kept reading the same page for over half an hour by that point. Her thoughts were swirling in her mind like an angry vortex in tandem with Enid's soft snores. Something needed to be done about her recent madness. She reluctantly decided to pay a little visit to their dorm mother. That was why the woman got paid anyway, to help them. Hopefully she will be able to give Wednesday a solution to her problem. With a heavy sigh she snapped the book, shut jolting Enid out of her asleep state. What the hell, Willa, the blonde grumbled as she sat up in bed looking over at her ever so disruptive roommate. Don't call me that. Wednesday stood up and placed her book back on her bookshelf. I'm going out and you should go back to sleep Sinclair. Enid looked towards the clock to see it was almost 11 p.m. But Wednesday, it's the middle of the night.
Curfew is already in place, and what if you get caught, and land yourself in detention? Enid frowned at her. Sinclair, your ability to state the obvious is truly unparalleled. The blonde rolled her eyes at her crush's antics. Why did she like this girl again? Her thoughts got interrupted when she realized Wednesday was talking again. Have to worry about me getting a detention, I've never been caught before, not to mention have you already forgotten about the secret tunnels. Oh, right. In Enid's defense her sleep-addled brain needed time to come back online. But where are you going? Enid stood up from her bed when she saw Wednesday making her way towards the door. None of your business, came the brisk reply, and without looking back Wednesday left just like that. Enid chewed on her lower lip, wondering if she should go investigate. It would break Wednesday's privacy, which would be bad. But what if the other girl was in trouble? Of course Enid knew her roommate could take care of herself, but she couldn't help being anxious. Wild thoughts of murder and blackmail kept swirling in her brain. What if Wednesday pissed off the mafia or something? Or worse? What if Wednesday was the mafia? Maybe she went off to collect debts, or threatened someone, or whatever mafia bosses did. Knowing the other girl, the thought wasn't even that outrageous. She shook her head. In the end she couldn't resist and stealthily followed behind Wednesday. Just in case. Wednesday urgently knocked on her dorm supervisor's door. Miss Thornhill opened her door, hastily pulling her flower-patterned robe closed over her cat-printed pajamas. Wednesday, she blinked at her wide eyes. When no answers came, the woman became worried. Did something happen? Is someone hurt? She asked with urgency. Yes and no. Miss Thornhill let out a breath. So, let me get this straight. She pushed her glasses up the ridge of her nose. Something did happen, but no one was hurt. Is that correct? She looked searchingly at her charge. That is correct. What happened Wednesday? She asked gently. She had the feeling she needed to thread carefully lest she spoke to the girl. I believe I have contracted a terrible disease. What? I've named it Sinclarities. Miss Thornhill felt properly lost now. Was this a prank? But Wednesday didn't seem the type. Can you elaborate? Wednesday for the first time, that evening looked something other than a blank statue. She looked uncomfortable. The girl sighed tiredly. These days whenever I'm around Sinclair, I feel, strange. The clear displeasure pulled at her lips. Thornhill raised an eyebrow. Strange in what way? My heart beats wildly, my palms get sweaty, she crossed her arms in front of her as if to ward her from terrible danger. I found myself constantly thinking about my godforsaken roommate. And more often than not, I find myself, gazing at her. 
Tanaka was the one who actually notified me of this newly acquired, a hobby of mine. And worst of all I came to more than just tolerating Sinclair in recent months. Now I hardly want to kill her anymore. And when I look at her, and especially when she smiles at me, there is this weird feeling in my stomach. Like dozens of centipedes crawling inside of me, it's delightfully horrible. Miss Thornhill tried not to cringe in horror at that last mental image. So instead she focused on what came before it, which made her smile. Wednesday, she looked at her charge with gentle understanding. You're having a crush on Enid. Wednesday's skin paled dramatically at hearing her worst fears coming true. She hoped she was terminally ill or got infested with a parasite. But this was so much worse. Miss Thornhill's eyes widened as stepped closer to the girl, arms hovering around her, ready to catch her in case she fell. Wednesday, are you all right? Wednesday shook her head and closed her eyes as she pinched the bridge of her nose. I believe that I currently feel the appropriate level of despair, she muttered. Despair. Wednesday, this is great news. Love is such a wonderful feeling. Why are you so disappointed? The woman bit at her lip, wondering if her student might feel so wary liking other girls, because her parents would be against it. Wednesday, are you reluctant to date girls, because your parents would disapprove? Wednesday furrowed her eyebrows incredulously. Of course not. In fact my parents would be thrilled if I would bring home a significant other regardless of their gender. Miss Thornhill could feel herself relax at that. But if not the parents, why was Wednesday so against dating? Internalized homophobia. Something else. Wednesday why are you against dating Enid? Are you afraid she doesn't feel the same? Wednesday shook her head. Then what's the matter? The woman was truly at a loss. The matter is simple, she gritted out through her teeth. I don't want to feel like this. I promised myself that I would never fall in love with anyone ever. I can't love Sinclair. She is everything that I stand against. Everything that I'm not nor want to be. Maybe I have simply gone mad and you're wrong in your conclusions. Wednesday's eyes were wide, they looked almost manic. Miss Thornhill felt at a loss. How was she supposed to convince this child that what she was feeling was perfectly natural? That having and experiencing emotions were not the end of the world. Wednesday could see that her teacher won't be any help to her at all. I thank you for your time, I shall take my leave now, with that she quickly turned around and left, ignoring Miss Thornhill's worry-filled calls of her name. Meanwhile Enid was frozen in shock, hiding in a dark corner. It was quite lucky that she had enough brain power left to actually get on the move when she realized Wednesday was done with her conversation. Enid quickly scurried back to their room and quickly shot off the lights and jumped into her bed turning on her side towards the wall. Her heart beat wildly as she tried to regulate her breathing. 
as she laid there, was the moment that it all hit her. Wednesday liked her. The Wednesday Adams had a big fat crush on her, Enid Sinclair of all people. She wasn't pining for a girl who felt nothing for her. Her feelings were reciprocated. Enid was giddy with happiness. But that euphoric feeling didn't last long, when she remembered the rest of that conversation. Wednesday abhorred the idea of love. And she hated the idea that she had feelings for Enid. That was not good. But surely not all was lost. Wednesday chose this moment to enter their room, quietly closing the door behind her. Enid stayed unnaturally still, as she listened to the other girl moving around, before everything quieted once again. The beginnings of an idea started to form in her mind. She'll have to talk with Miss Thornhill, when she ironed out the details more. And she'll have to tell all about this to Yoko too, and ask for her advice. And then she'll have to convince Bianca to go along with her plan. Oh dear. After her mostly useless discourse with her dorm supervisor, Wednesday noticed something has changed in her roommate. The blonde kept staring at her with a small smile on her face, when she thought Wednesday wasn't looking. She seemed to become rather secretive, as she used her laptop, angling it in a way where Wednesday would have to come up to the girl to be able to look at the screen over her shoulder. It was quite strange behavior. But then again, the werewolf was a rather strange and supremely annoying person. Things seemed to have come to a head at the end of the weekend, when Wednesday noticed that Enid was planning to go out somewhere late at night. Where are you going? Wednesday looked up from her book, as she saw Enid walking towards their door. Out? The blonde flippantly replied, carrying a hot pink folder with her. At ten in the evening. The raven-haired girl raised a skeptical eyebrow at her. I have somewhere to be. With that, the werewolf quickly slipped out of their room leaving behind a puzzled Adams. Enid later would think she really should have known better. Because the moment the door clicked closed, Wednesday was up in an instant, curiosity burning bright in her heart and mind. She was going to find out what Sinclair was up to. She quickly followed the wolf from a safe distance, using the shadows as her hiding place. When the blonde knocked on the door of their dorm mother, Wednesday felt a foreboding feeling engulfing her in a chokehold. And she was right to worry. Her stomach plummeted in exhilarating terror, as she listened to the blonde tell Miss Thornhill, how Enid followed Wednesday the other night, and overheard everything, and how Enid felt the same for Wednesday, and that she needed Thornhill's help. Wednesday's mind didn't even register the second part of that confession first. It was too busy getting stuck on the first part, and trying to process it. Enid knew. Wednesday listened and watched with dawning horror, as Enid showed their teacher her disgusting pink folder, that apparently contained her diabolical plans to woo her. A mighty scowl found its way on her face, as she tried not to shudder in revulsion. Sinclair thought her pathetic little plans would work. 
They will see about that. The next meeting of the dreaded Glee Club was about to start, and Wednesday felt more paranoid than ever. She looked around surreptitiously as she tried to gauge her classmates' moods and expressions. How many of them were in on this sinister scheme? Barclay looked to be in a bad mood. It was certainly possible that Sinclair managed to wear her down to get her way. But it was equally as likely that her foul mood was unrelated. Wednesday noticed Tanaka looking her way with a permanent grin etched onto her face. The raven-haired girl's eyes narrowed. She was sure that the blasted vampire was in on this travesty. She was Sinclair's best friend, wasn't she? It all made a horrible amount of sense. Miss Thornhill chose this moment to make her entrance, music sheets and a tablet already in hand. She stood in front of them, looking disgustingly sentimental, as she swept her gaze over the ragtag group. I already told you this, but I'm so proud of you all. You did so wonderfully at regionals and all your efforts paid off. Now I know we have roughly three months till nationals, and some of you might feel it is a little too early to talk about this, but I'm of the belief that it's best to get this out of the way sooner than later. Some people shifted in their seats, but no one spoke. Right, well for the first act this is what I have planned. She turned on the tablet, appeared to click on some things and turned up the volume. She turned the screen towards them. As Wednesday and everyone else leaned closer to see, the girl noticed that Enid was the only one who didn't move. If she ever would have had any doubts, those would have dissipated by her roommate's current behavior. She turned her gaze back to the tablet screen. Miss Thornhill was showing them some dance scenes from a movie. Wednesday almost shuddered seeing all that pastel color in the scene and that pink dress the girl was wearing. Yes. Only Enid Sinclair would find something so heinous as this. When the visual torture was finally over, Miss Thornhill put the nail in Wednesday's coffin. I have chosen two pairs for this first act. One pair to sing and one to dance. Xavier raised his hand. Miss Thornhill motioned for him to speak up. I have two questions, who did you pick and why can't we choose between ourselves? Wednesday watched on with malicious glee as their door mother floundered, trying to give an adequate answer. But Wednesday knew that there was none to be found. Not when the truth would have meant that Thornhill would have thrown both herself and Sinclair under the proverbial bus by admitting to their conspiracy against Wednesday. Well, Xavier as a matter of fact I was thinking of you and Bianca for the vocals. And Wednesday with Enid for the dance. And there it was. Was this really Sinclair's big plan? To get the teacher to pair them up, and hope Wednesday would be foolish enough to confess her feelings to the blonde. If so, Sinclair really underestimated Wednesday's stubbornness and needed to be the one who's in control. Enid. Miss Thornhill surely you jest. Enid is a mediocre dancer, and this is nationals we speak of. If anyone, 
it should be me who gets to dance with Wednesday. I'm an already proven leading man. Xavier looked angry. And Enid upon hearing him, looked ready to murder him. Wednesday wished the two idiots would take each other out, so she wouldn't have to deal with this mess anymore. Xavier turned to Bianca. And you, why are you saying nothing? You know I'm right. Bianca pursed her lips, looking like she wanted to be anywhere else. The raven-haired girl saw as the siren exchanged a glance with Tanaka and sighed deeply. Maybe it is time to shake things up. I'm willing to give Sinclair a chance. It looked like it was psychically painful for the girl to say this. Wednesday's eyes narrowed as she saw the vampire smirk in satisfaction, and Enid slumped back in her chair in relief. So the werewolf really did get to the siren after all. Or was it the vampire? It didn't matter, she needed to make one last-ditch effort to convince Thornhill to rethink this. Miss Thornhill. Yes, Wednesday, the woman asked warily. I agree with Xavier. I have absolutely no wish to dance with Sinclair. She has the coordination of a monkey. From the corner of her eye she could see Enid pouting at her, looking hurt. Her heart twinged uncomfortably at the sight. But she had to stay strong. She had to stay true to herself. Which meant that she couldn't ever give in to these accursed feelings, she couldn't submit to Sinclair's wishes and feelings. Miss Thornhill had the strangest mix of apologetical and pitying expression Wednesday had ever seen. She wanted to tear the woman's face off. I'm sorry Wednesday, but no. My decision is final. Please try to be open-minded and don't shut yourself off from new ways to collaborate with someone. The death glare the raven-haired girl sent to the woman was enough to have Miss Thornhill pale dramatically and look away from the girl. After that Wednesday turned her death glare towards Enid who looked like a kicked puppy, staring at her with big pleading eyes. She again felt her heart twinge uncomfortably at the sight. Wednesday quickly looked away. She needed to get herself out of her predicament. So she started planning. Enid just came back from her run. As she looked towards Wednesday's side of the room, she noticed a black framed picture on the girl's desk that yesterday wasn't there. She seeked a glance towards the other girl, who was quietly reading curled up in her armchair, seemingly lost to the world. Enid in large steps crossed over to the desk to take a closer look at the picture. As she picked it up, her eyes widened. The photo was of Enid from the diner after Wednesday's infamous dances with Bianca and Xavier. Looking disgusted with chipmunk cheeks. She couldn't believe Yoko showed this to Wednesday. Okay scratch that, she could totally believe it. What was unbelievable was that Wednesday Adams would go out of her way to get a physical copy of it and frame it. What the hell, she muttered dumbfounded. Do you like it? 
Enid almost dropped the photo, as she looked towards Wednesday with startled eyes. The raven-haired girl was faintly smirking at her. What's this? She held up the frame. It's called a framed photograph. Wednesday replied in the most deadpan way ever. Enid rolled her eyes. I know that, what I mean is why do you have it? She huffed out as she put the picture back in its place. Tanaka showed this to me months ago. Wednesday tilted her head towards the photograph. At that time I didn't care much for it, but with recent events I remembered and asked her if she could get it printed out for me. Enid stared at Wednesday. And Wednesday stared back, expressionless as ever. But why? So I could have something to remember you by. Wednesday's tone was matter-of-fact, as the power of her stare bored metaphorical holes in Enid. The blonde looked at Wednesday with confusion. What? You know in case you were to suddenly drop dead. Wednesday's tone was almost scarily nonchalant. But Enid wasn't scared. After all the threats of death and maiming this was nothing. But most importantly she knew Wednesday wouldn't do it. If she didn't do it while they hated each other, the other girl definitely wouldn't go there now that their feelings for each other changed so drastically. You're upset. What gave you that impression? Wednesday looked at her with narrowed eyes. You hate that you didn't get your way in Glee Club, so now this is how you show your displeasure. Enid stated matter-of-factly. Fascinating analysis, the raven-haired girl drew. Enid sighed. I don't want to fight with you, Wednesday, the blonde pleaded. And unlike in the past, Wednesday visibly softened at seeing Enid's puppy dog eyes. Neither do I, she quietly admitted. Enid let out a relieved breath. It won't be so bad you'll see. We do make a great team, she gently cajoled. It will be a catastrophe. Wednesday sounded utterly convinced. Did you see that in your crystal ball, the blonde couldn't help herself and snarked back? Wednesday rolled her eyes. That is a communication ball. The raven-haired girl lectured. That looks like a crystal ball, the werewolf smirked smugly. Wednesday started massaging her head in exasperation. You'll be the death of me, Enid Sinclair. Wednesday looked completely convinced by that. I hope that won't come to pass for many, many decades. Not until we're old and grey and probably in need of hip replacements. Enid jokes, not even realizing what she just said. Unlike Wednesday, who couldn't hide how wide her eyes got as she stared at her roommate. It took Enid a moment to realize why Wednesday looked at her with so much shock. Oh? She flushed at her epic slip-up. So Sinclair, do you see us still being in each other's lives when we are old ladies? Wednesday's voice and face went carefully blank much to Enid's frustration. Yes. 
She so badly wanted to say that, but settled on something more vague. I mean you never know where life would take either of us. Enid wasn't sure if it really happened, or it was just wishful thinking, but for a second it looked like Wednesday's expression fell in disappointment at her vague answer. But when she blinked Wednesday looked as blank-faced as always. I suppose you're right. With that Wednesday gone back to quietly read. Enid let her, and decided to take a shower. After that she planned to listen to some of her beloved pop, to get her mind off of this conversation. On her headphones of course. Wednesday's first two plans consisted of two things. One was to try via music to tell the blonde to cease her pursuit of her. After borrowing the blonde's laptop yet again, and looking at song lyrics from the same pop group she used before, she found one that could suit her needs. She secretly started to convert the song into a piano cover, while in the meantime, she had to start practicing the dance moves with the blonde. As Wednesday predicted the whole affair was a catastrophe. Miss Thornhill became like a drill sergeant to them. Wednesday, you need to relax so the circular dip could work. And Enid, stand up tall, don't lean into her like last time when you lost your balance and almost dropped her. The second part of her plan was to become the most unbearable dance partner ever. Which admittedly wasn't hard. While it was obvious to anyone with eyes Wednesday purposefully messed up the routine sometimes, or was being difficult to even start to practice again, her antics paled in comparison to Enid's genuine bumbling. No wonder in the past Enid was placed in the back row when they did group choreographies. The blonde kept messing up the steps, or even forgetting some altogether. They've yet to get to the middle of the whole choreography at all though they were only on the second week. The raven-haired girl didn't want to imagine the absolute fuckery that would happen when the werewolf would attempt to lift her up in the final act. If they would ever even reach the end of the routine at all. Wednesday knew from personal experience that it needed lots of practice to perfect it. It needed trust, the right way to hold yourself and hold on to your partner to lift them up. And Wednesday and Enid were unable to be on the same wavelength. So they kept failing. And tensions were rising. They started snapping at each other again. Wednesday for a short time, almost felt hopeful that perhaps they could go back to hating each other. That she could go back not caring about the wolf at all. But Enid proved to be as stubborn as Wednesday. No matter the barbed words they sometimes threw at each other, the glares or even the occasional tears on Enid's part, the girl was relentless in wanting to succeed. Both with the dance and with Wednesday. So here was Wednesday now, performing the piano cover to Hard to Love in the hopes that maybe a softer, musical approach could be more persuasive to convince the werewolf they were not meant to be. Except Wednesday couldn't foresee that hearing yet another pop cover from her would just make Enid love her even more. I can't believe she made me another cover.
Enid smiled dreamily as she walked next to Yoko in the courtyard. And I can't believe that homegirl thought this would ever work in getting you off her back. Didn't she realize by now that Kpop is like catnip to you? Yoko snorted. The vampire in these last few weeks was living for all the wild drama that was freely provided to them all. The fact Enid managed to convince their dorm mother of all people to help out was like next-level achievement. Wednesday's resistance wasn't surprising in the least. And Enid was really lucky that Yoko started dating Bianca and roped her into helping them. It was definitely a tough sell for the siren at first. But no one can say Yoko never gets shit done. The vampire idly wondered what unsuccessful plan the surly girl would try next. So far, all her schemes have hilariously backfired. What? Yoko finally noticed that Enid was saying something to her. I was asking if you think she knows because of the lyrics of this song. Know what? Yoko furrowed her eyebrows in confusion. That I'm in love with her, what else? Enid rolled her eyes at her friend. Oh that. I think she probably thinks it's just a crush. Or more accurately, probably wants to think it's just a crush. Enid puffed out her cheeks, letting out a deep breath, as she plopped down into a seat at a vacant table. Maybe I should just confess it all and see what happens. The blonde put her elbows on the aged table and rested her chin in her palms, looking at Yoko expectantly who sat down across from her. No girl, no. The vampire shook her head. You said so yourself you wanted to do it after nationals, to get that out of the way, because you love the idea of a grand love confession after you just performed a romantic dance in front of hundreds of people. Yoko grabbed one of her blood bags from her backpack and started loudly slurping. But maybe the blonde started but got interrupted. No maybes, no nothing. Just stick to the plan, fluffy paws. Enid reluctantly agreed. Over the following weeks, Enid finally started improving and even Wednesday toned down the attitude. They managed to perform most of the choreography by that point, except for the lift at the finale. And the least said about the handful of attempts that they did do was probably for the best. Though Yoko might or might not have recorded a few failed attempts. Just for laughs. In this world there were precious few things you could actually hold over Wednesday Adam's head. The day of the competition was coming closer and closer, and Wednesday resigned herself to actually taking her participation seriously. Too bad her dance partner still failed to get one crucial part of the routine done. The raven-haired girl knew she had to do something, so she actually started up a conversation with the wolf in their room. Sinclair, we are getting closer and closer to the deadline, and you still fail in your efforts to lift me up properly. Her voice and face were both devoid of any emotion as her eyes bore into Enid. I'm sorry, okay. 
You just make me really nervous, this whole situation in fact makes me nervous. Enid felt more and more like she was about to go to her own execution the closer the competition's date got. Which meant she was getting closer to the day where she would have to talk to Wednesday about her feelings. Need I remind you that this is all your fault? Wednesday's carefully crafted mask fell as she glared at the taller girl. How is this, my fault now, it was Miss Thornhill who paired us together, yet again. Technically Wednesday was right, but Enid wasn't planning to admit that. I know you conspired with Thornhill. The raven-haired girl glowered. What? How do you know that? Enid's eyes became as wide as saucers. How did Wednesday know? Oh God, did she follow me like I followed her? Does she know that I know? Wednesday paused as she surveyed the panicked werewolf in front of her. She really shouldn't have revealed that information. She couldn't tell Enid the truth that she knew. That she followed the blonde that night. That they both know about each other's feelings. The werewolf would want to talk. She would have expectations that Wednesday didn't want to deal with. She just couldn't. As much as she preferred brutal honesty, for the sake of her own frayed sanity she'll have to settle on a half-truth. It's rather obvious isn't it? You looked very expectant, clearly you knew what was about to happen, she stated confidently. Enid's heart rate started to go down hearing the answer. Was it really that simple? that Enid failed to act in a certain way when Miss Thornhill revealed their plan. Maybe Wednesday really had no idea. But what if she did and chose not to speak of it? The blonde really hated sometimes her inner voice. That was the voice that always spurred her on to overthink things. I, I mean, you can't prove it. The blonde stuttered. It doesn't matter now. Wednesday told her dismissively. It doesn't. Enid blinked, feeling more confused than ever. It felt like she was gonna get whiplash by Wednesday's mercurial moods one day. We need to finish what you and Thornhill started. We have to perfect the choreography as soon as possible. Okay, sure. That was a reasonable proposition. We should do it now. Now? Enid looked at Wednesday with surprise. It was already night time, and Wednesday chose this moment to suddenly start caring about nationals. What the hell was going on with this girl? But when no answer came and Wednesday kept staring at her expectantly, Enid predictably caved. Shall we go to the auditorium then? She sighed already resigning herself to a potentially sleepless night. Because there was no way Wednesday wouldn't make them stay up practicing as long as they could get away with it. I was thinking the balcony should suffice for tonight. That stopped Enid short. 
While Enid would be lying if she claimed that she never fantasized about dancing with Wednesday in the moonlight on their balcony, she had a hard time believing that her roommate would ever come up with something like this. She pinched her arm to check if she wasn't sleeping. But the sharp sting confirmed she was very much awake. Wednesday Adams, are you asking me to dance with you in the moonlight? The blonde couldn't help but tease the other girl. Do you remember what I said to you about if you keep pushing I would drop you from this balcony? The werewolf sighed disappointedly. Distantly. Then let this be the remainder. You're no fun, the blonde whined. Sinclair, let's just get this over with. Wednesday said warily. They didn't talk as they made their way out to the balcony, and Enid set up her phone to play I've had, the time of my life, to softly play in the background. Their previous dance sessions were nerve-wracking for one reason or another. But this was on a whole new level. This was the first time they didn't have an audience. And the setting was so romantic, Enid found it troublesome to actually focus on the task at hand. Sinclair, focus. Wednesday glowered at her. Right? They had a task to complete. And remember, when we do the angel lift, separate your legs to give you support underneath, and hold on to my hip bones for the perfect balance when you actually lift me up. I know, Willa, I know, the werewolf let out a breath. This was already drilled into her. It was just hard to actually manage to get it right in action. Don't call me that. Wednesday's scowl brought a grin to Enid's face. Enid restarted the music and slowly walked up to awaiting Wednesday. She gently grabbed Wednesday's waist, pulling the girl closer to her, while Wednesday grasped her arm. Enid remembered to stand tall and sure as Wednesday leaned back, Enid guiding her movements from left to right, bringing Wednesday back up slowly, successfully completing the circular dip that they couldn't get right at the beginning. They shared a glance. Wednesday turned around, keeping her back to the blonde, as she draped her left arm over the taller girl, lightly touching the nape of her neck as she brought her hand back down while Enid's hand lightly trailed down Wednesday's side. Enid's mouth ran dry as she looked at Wednesday and saw how close their faces really were to each other, their noses practically touching. Wednesday's left hand found a home in Enid's right hand and when the music picked up, Enid spun Wednesday out and back towards her. Enid already felt her nerves were fried, and this was only just the beginning of the dance. The blonde comforted herself with the fact that at least Wednesday looked just as affected, gone was the impenetrable mask of indifference. Enid thought it was a small miracle, as she managed to keep up, and not get distracted to the point of actually messing up a step. For the blonde as time went on, all the basic and half-basic steps and shoulder checks and turns blurred together, she was essentially led by muscle memory. Then came the first lift. Wednesday's right arm was around Enid's shoulder, 
as the blonde held the dark-haired girl securely around her waist, lifting her up and spinning them around, with her right hand holding onto Wednesday's left hand. When Wednesday was safely back on solid ground, Enid let out a relieved breath. Not only over the fact she didn't mess up, but also getting a little distance between them. Because having Wednesday so close to her felt like a special kind of torture to Enid. She loved it, but also found it very distracting. Especially now that it was just the two of them. When the time came for the angel lift, Enid felt herself trembling. In the past she always managed to fuck this one up. But as Wednesday ran up to her and jumped, Enid managed to grab her hips and lift her up properly for the very first time. In her shock the blonde's arm wavered precariously, but managed to right herself, just in time, before she accidentally dropped Wednesday. Enid gently lowered Wednesday down, still holding onto her hips, while the shorter girl's arms wound around the blonde's neck. Neither of them spoke as they stayed in each other's arms. Enid found Wednesday utterly mesmerizing. And having her this close was intoxicating to her. Wednesday looked so ethereal in the moonlight. Her freckles were visible and looked like tiny constellations. And the moon was reflecting in her dark eyes, making them look like she had starlight in them. Enid wanted to kiss her. And so she did. The moment their lips touched, Enid felt like a missing piece was finally put back where it belonged. She kissed two people before Wednesday, but never felt like this with either of them. The kind of rightness that sits within your chest and makes you feel warm. The kind where you never want this feeling to stop. At first Wednesday didn't move, and was as still as a statue. Enid, even under her fog of supreme contentment, started to realize what she just did and how unresponsive Wednesday appeared. But before the blonde could have pulled away and started properly freaking out, Wednesday started kissing her back. Whatever previous worries the blonde had, they got swept away by the feeling of Wednesday's lips moving against her own. It was tentative at first, exploratory, and without much finesse on the shorter girl's side. Enid didn't care about that, not when she felt like she was on cloud nine, getting kissed by the girl she fell in love with. But it made her wonder if the other girl ever kissed someone before or if Enid was her first kiss. The possessive side of her kind of liked that idea. The blonde had no idea how long they stood out there, glued together. It could have been mere minutes or hours, the werewolf didn't care. She was too lost in the sensation that was Wednesday Adams. But every good thing came to an end sooner or later. In this case it happened when Enid brought up a hand to cup Wednesday's cheek to deepen the kiss. But the raven-haired girl suddenly became rigid and pushed the werewolf away from her. Enid stumbled, having trouble staying upright, as her head was feeling so woozy. But it didn't take long for her to get sobered up, and her hormones to come to a screeching halt. All she had to do was look at Wednesday's expression.
It wasn't just a shock, no. Wednesday was trembling, her dark eyes were as big as saucers, as she stared at Enid unblinking. There was something so incredibly vulnerable about the way Wednesday looked right now. Something very raw. Enid licked her lips, still feeling the phantom sensation of a certain other pair of lips on her own. But she couldn't get swept up by that. Not when Wednesday looked as close to freaked out as the normally closed-off girl could get. Wednesday. Enid whispered, not daring to speak any louder lest she spoke to the girl even more. Don't. It wasn't as firm as probably would have been in any other situation, Wednesday's voice sounded kind of rough. Almost husky. Enid couldn't help but catalogue the new sound, filing it away for later to be analysed. Wednesday, please, I didn't dash, but she didn't know how to finish that sentence. Didn't mean to kiss you. That would have been a lie. Didn't mean to kiss you without permission. Now that was a truth that had Enid swallowing hard, when she realized she let herself get swept up by her emotions and failed to ask Wednesday if she could kiss her. And the worst of it all was Enid broke her promise. Months ago she promised Wednesday she wouldn't touch her or kiss her again without her consent. And what did the blonde do the first chance she got? She broke the boundaries of the one she loved. Tears welled up in her eyes as she stared at Wednesday with trembling lips. I'm so sorry. Wednesday, whatever stupor she was stuck in previously, seemed to come back to herself at seeing Enid turning into a weepy mess right in front of her, looking apologetic and miserable. The raven-haired girl wished she could say something. Anything really. Be it something vicious and cutting, or soft and comforting. But she felt like she had no words left to speak. The moment Enid's lips were on her own, she felt herself short-circuit. All her senses were on fire. It was a delicious mix of overwhelming, thrilling and scary. The blonde's kiss awakened something in her that Wednesday thought she did not have, or even if she did, it was so small, she could ignore it for the rest of her life without problem. Desire Wednesday had things in her life that she wanted. Ideas and plans that she wanted to implement. But she didn't think that she ever truly desired anything ever. Not until now. Not until Enid. It was a torturous craving that Wednesday never asked for, nor wanted. But got anyway, without a clear way to get rid of it. For the first time in her life, she truly felt terrified by such a feeling. This need for this girl who was her complete opposite. This cloying feeling in her that always was present whenever the blonde was around and even when she wasn't, but still came to Wednesday's mind. Wednesday wasn't stupid. 
She knew the name of the feeling. Knew that above all, her family's greatest specialty was love. The kind that didn't judge, the kind that burned through you and swallowed you whole. The kind that this kiss confirmed, Wednesday felt. She was in love with Enid Sinclair. And with that last thought, Wednesday did something she never did before. She ran.